This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. bartender podcast people sit down relax let's enjoy the show i'm your bartender for the evening you can call me the dude you can call me anthony it really doesn't matter at this point i think we've gotten to know each other over the last year uh over 60 episodes you can call me by my first name now so anthony it is uh so i took a break for a little bit just wanted to get some thoughts together wanted to get some new ideas to improve the show and, you know, hopefully this new year, we can really take this show to much bigger horizons and get more guests on the show and get a lot more really cool stories. Uh, so anyway, today, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the time that I spent in a bar that I hated. But if you can't uh, stick around to the end of the show, you'll be hearing The Single Patience by Allison Pressinger. Uh, so... Stay tuned to the show to check that out. But first thing we got to do is we got to talk about drink special. I haven't forgotten about that, people. So I was searching the internet for drink specials the other day, and I came across something that I hadn't seen before. And you know what? I should have seen it coming. I I mean, it was almost obvious it was going to happen eventually. No, that wasn't a recording error. I actually hiccuped. Um, I I don't. I'm just going to leave it in. But anyway, like I said, I should have seen this coming eventually. I came across a a small list of drinks. Very small at this point. But I'm sure it's going to get much bigger. And if you guys have any suggestions, let me know. Uh, But this one was a Moscow Mule. Okay, now we all know what a Moscow Mule is. Uh, For those of you who need a refresher, it's... Uh, two ounces of vodka, one ounce of lime juice, filled to the top with ginger beer. Here's the thing. This recipe is called a CBD Moscow Mule cocktail. So not only do you have the vodka, the fresh lime juice, and ginger beer, but you also add one-third of an ounce of CBD uh, ginger syrup. I never saw that coming, and you know, truth being told, I probably should have. It's just, yeah, of course they'd try to add CBD oil to food, drinks, or whatever. And you know, I've uh, I've listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. I've listened to uh, Kevin Smith talk about it. I've uh, wow, I'm dro- dropping names like crazy. Uh, but I've I've listened to various podcasts where they're very. Uh, into CBD or into just smoking marijuana in general. And they talk about the health benefits of it. It helps you uh, with your anxiety. It helps with like sore joints and muscles and stuff like that. But, you know, I just thought people, you know, dropped it in their mouth or, uh, you know, got the edibles or just smoked it really. And I never thought that the CBD oils would be added into everyday food. That's a new one for me. I just blows my mind. So uh, there's a challenge for you out there, bartenders, servers, or whoever is gracious enough to listen to this show. 
if you try the Moscow Mule with the CBD oil or uh, you have already made up a drink that includes that CBD oil, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to talk about it on the show. I'd love you to talk about it on the show. Uh, just email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. And, you know, I would love to know more about this. I'm, I mean, just this just kind of jumped up and uh, slapped me in the face. I was like, really? They're adding CBD to that. Now, how can I add that to my morning coffee and still be effective? Hell, I mean, CBD oils pretty much available anywhere nowadays, uh, even in the states where I don't think that I don't know this for certain. But a lot of states that where marijuana isn't legal for recreational use, I think you can still buy CBD oils if you look for the place. I mean, uh, Portland, Oregon, they uh, they've had marijuana legal for some time now. And you can get CBD oil at like New Seasons and or, you know, corner grocery store or something like that, because it's very natural, I guess. And so, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things, you know, uh, uh, like pot smokers uh, used to fascinate me how in innovative they can be to make a bong or uh, smoke weed out of a something you know they just need a way to smoke it how do we do it and you know for years weed was just joints but then all of a sudden people had to have pipes and people had to have bongs and then all of a sudden people in used helmets i don't know i've seen uh some crazy innovative things one guy even made a bong out of a garden sprayer i thought that was insane i mean imagine how much long it would take to fill the chamber and how big of a hit once the chamber is full, you'd get once you got the chamber full. Wow. But enough about that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know that much about marijuana. Sure, I experimented a little bit uh, early on in my life, but it wasn't really for me. Coughing hurt like hell, and I never did like the taste. But that's just me. If you are like marijuana, if it uh, does benefits for your life or helps you relax, if that's your form of entertainment, I got no problem with it. Just uh, you know, be safe about it. Anyway, like I said, this episode, I was going to talk about this bar that I hated, hated, hated working at. Now, a lot of you bartenders out there, I sure you can relate because you have spent bartenders, servers alike. You have spent time at a bar that you absolutely hate, whether it's the clientele, whether it's the atmosphere whether it's your boss, the, a lot of things can really set you off and you're just not comfortable any, there anymore. And you want to work in a bar that you feel comfortable in being in, place where you might, you know, you wake up in the morning and uh, say, okay, I got to go to work instead of, fuck, I got to go to work. So this place, uh, I'm going to do my best not to say the name, but it might come out every once in a while. And as some of you probably guessed, I'm not that great on editing my show. So, but uh, this place, uh, let's go back a little bit and uh, get a little a uh, little of my history before going into this bar. I had been working at the previous bar for over a year. And to me, things were going great. Things um, my customers liked me as far as I knew. And, uh, you know, I had a 
good clientele, people uh, people that uh, came to visit me. And my partner, Shannon, she and I were a great team, but honestly, she was, she was the main attraction. I was like the opening act, you know, you know, kind of the kind of guy that tries to warm the uh, crowd up and tries not to get booed off the stage. That was me. But the main attraction was Shannon. But all of a sudden, one day, my boss calls me on my phone, doesn't take me in the office face to face, uh, Nothing. She just calls me on the phone and says, we have to let you go. And I was like, uh, really? Why? And she said uh, various different things that I could neither prove or disprove that I did not do. Uh, and she just went with her gut feeling. And uh, so I was like, well, okay. Uh, I appreciate the job. I appreciate the opportunity and thanks and hung up the phone. Funny thing was I was actually debating earlier that day of asking for a raise because I'd worked there for over a year and I thought I was doing a pretty damn good job. I mean, I was one of those guys that, uh, when they called and said, we need you in here, I would be there uh, working odd hours just to keep the numbers up working uh, the crappy shifts that nobody else wanted and try to build them up. I tried to do that for them constantly. But one day they just decided uh, decided to fire me. So that put me in a funk and a serious funk. I mean, I, I was just severely depressed. I'm like, well, shit, now what am I going to do? I, you know, I don't know where to go. I don't uh what do I do now? My friend Shannon, she, uh, she was very understanding. She, um, she admitted to me that she said it pissed me off that they fired you, but I can't quit this job. I need it. And I said, there's no way in hell I would allow you to quit that job because you make awesome money there. And there's that's stupid to pick up and leave just because, the guy that you worked with for the last year uh, all of a sudden got fired. That's ridiculous. And so I sat around for a little little while, very short while, though, just feeling sorry for myself. And then I said, okay, well, sitting here doing nothing is not going to get me a job, so I got to get out there. So I went to as many places as I could possibly go in a day which turned out to be about four or five, you know, because you want to go in during business hours. And I applied for bartending jobs all over the place. And a lot of the places didn't have any openings because let's admit it. When a bartender finds their bar, the place that they like working, they don't leave it willingly. Uh, they like to stay there. And so finding a a uh, good bartending job when you're desperate for a job is difficult. And uh, truth being told, people, I even went to a couple strip clubs uh, to look for a job. And both both times the manager would look at my resume and say, wow, you've got a lot of bartending experience, but we don't hire... You know, uh, male bartenders. And I was it's like, go ahead and say it, dude. You know, I, I can, I totally understand, but you know, I'm looking for a job. 
and I was already, uh, I already knew that I wasn't going to, uh, it wasn't going to work for me working there because just filling out the application to work there, uh, I spent like 40, 50 bucks. However, after about a solid month of looking for work and having absolutely no luck, I went to hotels, I went to hole in the wall bars, I went to corporate and, uh, almost didn't do the corporate thing. I mean, I almost didn't do the corporate interview is what I should say, because the first thing that I saw when I walked into that corporate restaurant is all the servers getting together to sing happy birthday to a table. The girl that invited me in to uh, go work at that place, she uh, turned after she was done singing happy birthday, she turned around, and saw me. And she go, oh, great, you made it. And I said, yeah, and I'm leaving. And she, then she grabbed me by the arm and took me in. And I, you know, I couldn't say no, but. I I tried everything and wasn't getting anywhere. And, you know, about a month had gone by and I was starting to worry because, you know, bills and car payment. And, uh, I, I was starting to, you know, I was already running very low on cash. I had nothing. And all of a sudden my friend Shannon, who had been in the industry forever, she got, well, word that one of her old friends from way back said that they needed a bartender for one night. And uh, she says, well, I can't do it, but I got this friend and which I, you know, I am th- extremely grateful to her that she was uh, willing to put my name out there to uh, put my, you know, we were close friends. So, she was willing to uh, help me out and uh, refer me to this uh, one guy that said we need we really need a bartender tonight. And so that night, I went there and I uh, worked the place. It was a really small hole in the wall that was the business was suffering, uh, and because there was nobody there really, and you know it, it was Saturday night. I, uh, you know, served some meals. Uh, I tried to keep the drinks just going, but they're, uh, I'm used, I got used to just slinging drinks constantly throughout my shift, but this place, it was just two drinks, wait, two more drinks, wait. And then they brought in karaoke, which made it that much worse because, uh, when there were no singers, the guy would just sit there and play music really loud for a very, very small venue. And eventually we got some, a late night crowd in, uh, we were actually debating at 11 o'clock since there was nobody there to close. And, uh, about 11, 15, all of a sudden this group of eight came in and they were looking to party. They uh, get some drinks out here. Uh, and then we're, we were like, well, actually we're about to close. And the guy said, look, I'll give you guys, uh, I'll pay you guys however much it's to stay open. And well, okay. You got, uh, you got us. And so they were already drunk and belligerent. Some of them sang karaoke, but they were just, uh, you know, goofy drunks. That's, best description I can give you. And eventually they did leave. And as I was cleaning up the bar, sweeping up the mess, 
cleaning up uh, cleaning up the last of the dishes. The guy that called my friend Shannon was actually the cook for that restaurant. And he said, so what do you think about uh, working at another bar that this same owner owns? And I said, dude, I could use a job. I just, just give me a job. And he said, all right, we don't need you here, but we need you at the other location on the other side of town. And I'll take you over there right now. So he took me over to the other location on the other side of town. Lot bigger bar, dark, dingy. Uh, but it, uh, as far as I knew at that point in time, uh, it was a place to work. And so I met the night bartender. Nice guy, real nice guy. And he showed me the ropes, how to do the paperwork, how to do your money and all that stuff. And they said, okay, we'll start you on Monday, 7 a.m. And I looked at him at 7 a.m. Are you kidding me? And I said, who's going to be here at 7 a.m.? And he goes, oh, don't worry. There'll be a lot of night shift workers that come in here. Uh, The poker room would be full. You'll have people uh, drinking and having a good time. Don't don't even worry about it. I thought, well, okay. So the following Monday, I show up at 7 a.m., Oh, one of these days I'm going to have to uh, figure out why people that work during the day can't figure out why people that work at night can't just simply go to bed earlier to uh, be there for their morning for a morning shift. I mean, I've had a couple jobs where I've worked until four in the morning for eight months straight and all of a sudden they want me to come in for an early shift. Dear God, that's tough to do. You, you can't just flip the uh, flip the switch on when you fall asleep uh, just that easy. It takes a lot of time to really get into the groove of that sort of thing. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Do it at heybartenderpodcast.com. But so I'm there at 7 a.m. and I unlock the door. I turn the open sign on. I decide what the hell I'll uh, get some popcorn going. I turn on the TV and get my till ready and count up the lottery tickets and all that stuff. And 7 a.m. We're open. No customers. I figure, well, yeah, it'll probably take a while. Uh, So, you know, we'll just have to wait for a little bit. Nine o'clock. No customers. 10 o'clock. No customers. Finally, about 11, the lunch rush starts to come in. And by rush, I mean maybe five or six people. And they weren't there to drink. They just wanted to sit in the bar because they had to go to work. They uh, they didn't want to drink, and so they were just having Cokes with their burger and sitting BS, have a, uh, have a few cigarettes in the bar, and because you could smoke back then in the bar. But I wasn't making drinks, and I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm probably not going to make more than $20 in tips. And, uh, God, I was so bored. And when I got home that night, and uh, my friend Shannon called me up and asked me how it went, and I said, this is stupid. 
the bar opens at 7 a.m. I didn't get my first customer until 11. And she's like, well, morning shifts can be like that. Uh, She was trying to encourage me just to stick it out, but to also keep looking for another job. And I did this morning shift thing for about a month. Uh, I was late quite a few times just because I set my alarm and would sleep right, right through it. And, you know, just because I wasn't used to waking up that early in the morning and I was having a really hard time adjusting. And there was one morning that I can think of where it wasn't dead. Uh, 7 30, eight o'clock. All of a sudden I had this strange rush of customers come in, uh, maybe seven or eight people. And so I see this one guy, he uh, says, give me a Jack and Coke. I was like, all right. And then he threw that down and says, give me another Jack and Coke. And I said, all right. Hey, would you get off the night shift or something like that? And he goes, no, I'm a truck driver. I got to drive to Corvallis and I drive better when I have had, had a couple drinks in me. Oh boy. Yeah. Do you really want to hear a truck driver say that? And so you're driving to Corvallis. Oh, thank God. Cause I'm going the other way. Yeah. I got, I never got night shift people. I got morning drunks. If I did have people in that morning, uh, it's like in, instead of, uh, you know, the, the two martini lunch, that sort of thing came up quite a bit. And, not that I'm condemning anybody, you know, uh, you know, money's money where, uh, where it comes from. And yeah, and according to, uh, the, what bartenders always say, what your office manager might say, if you serve somebody, they get in an accident, it can fall back on you when truthfully, uh, just out of what I've experienced in my life, it can't fall back on you. It, it was their responsibility. Sure, the family can try to sue you, but uh, if you got, even got half of mine, you can get out of that. You know, it's not like that you're going to do a, a full questionnaire before you serve your first drink. Although, I don't know, some of these states' liquor laws are so crazy. I'm, uh, I, pro- it's probably coming. You know, just fingerprint and identification, please. But eventually after that month, I started getting the later shifts because the bartenders on the later shifts were quitting. And I was sitting there going, you lucky bastards. And, but I needed the job. So, uh, so I kept looking for work, but I was also working that job at the same time. And because I knew I was going to be unhappy there. I knew it was going to suck to if I stayed there. And the biggest issue that uh, uh, most most of the uh, the issues that came was that particular bar had been stung by the OLCC so many times and policemen would wait at the gas station across the street for people to leave that bar and pull them over. So a lot of people in that town were really scared to try to go drinking there because they thought they were going to get pulled over eventually. And it was the fault of the bartenders that worked there before me uh, because they full on admitted to me 
that they oh yeah we used to serve people under under the table but these guys tip way better when they're completely trashed as like well okay i can see your point but you know yeah it i don't know is i don't think there's really a lawful way it could come back to you but uh well when you get stung by the olcc where they send in somebody with a uh minor id you're you're going to catch it or you got to make sure you got to check those IDs and or make sure you read them right. That was the big thing. So uh, anyway, I started getting on the night shift, and so I was back in back in my wheelhouse. I liked working nights, and I'd get there at five o'clock. I'd have you know six or eight customers. Uh, one guy probably the only guy that I've seen in the last 30 years that, uh, that drank hams, uh, hams beer. They kept cans of hams beer in the bar for him, that one guy. And the other people were just Budweiser or, you know, some kind of, you know, quick fruit drink. And that's pretty much it. I had a few regulars at night, but once they left around six or seven o'clock, I was lucky to get, anybody in there i spent most of my time sitting in a bar stool watching comedy central and feeling sorry for myself really because i there were a couple times where i even called my friend shannon at her bar and say so what are the busy bars doing tonight yeah because i wasn't making shit and, you know 30 40 bucks in tips in an eight hour shift and i i just full on miserable and I didn't get along with the manager. The manager was a dick. And the and I'm not exaggerating on that. The manager got mad at every damn thing and constantly had to throw his power around. And one of my pet peeves about being a manager is yelling at the employee in front of the customers. Now, he didn't know how to handle me. And because if he, so I've had managers that have tried to yell, yell at me, berate me, humiliate me in front of my crew, but I always have a comeback. And, uh, there, there was one day, uh, honestly, where I probably deserved it. I, um, I'm tr- trying to get to work as fast as I can. It was a noon shift. And so I'm, I'm, I slept accidentally overslept. So I'm driving to get there as fast as I could. Uh, f- about five minutes after the top of the hour, I uh, get a phone call on my cell phone and I said, hello. And he said, where the hell are you? You're late again. My aunt, he had a bad foot, uh broken foot that I guess got a staph infection too. Didn't feel since he was such an asshole. I didn't feel sorry for him. I just wanted to step on his foot constantly. The, where the hell are you? And, well, my foot hurts and you know, you got customers in here. And I said, Hey, Hey, I'll be there in a minute. And he slams the phone down and he turns around immediately and sees me closing my cell phone. This, this back in the age of flip phones. And he goes, Oh, finally you're here. And I just went, yeah. And the customers saw that I was pissed off starting my shift pissed off and uh i shook it off quickly because uh the guy kind of came and went 
And this was the job where all of a sudden I realized that the bartender is in charge. When the manager's not there, when the owner's not there, everybody turns to the turns to the bartender. Like my first day there, I'd worked there for a total of three hours. All of a sudden, my server comes up to me and says, the customer wants this, this, and this. Uh, what do I charge for that? And I just, I don't know. I just started working here. But the bartender, in most cases, I can't speak for every restaurant out there, the bartender is often in charge. It's There's no seniority. There's no ladder of people to go and talk to. You, you have a question, you go to your bartender. So bartenders out there, if you feel like, if you agree with what I just said, next time you fill out a resume or an application, add management experience to it because that's what you do. But the absolute worst thing about that manager, my grandmother was sick. My grandmother was living out her last few days on this planet earth. And she lived in San Jose. So I called up the bot. My, my mother called me. She's, she said, uh, grandma's not going to last much longer. I would really love it. If you came out to San Diego to, or, uh, to visit her. And I said, I'll make it happen. So I went over to my manager and I said, listen, uh, my grandmother's, it's really, really sick. Probably not going to last very much longer. I need to leave tomorrow. And he said to me, well, you've got Saturday and Sunday off, right? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, go then. And I said, "Uh, well, okay. And so I hung up the phone and I uh, went home, stewed about it for a few minutes, and then just called uh, called him up the next morning when we were about to leave to go to San Diego. Called him up the next morning and said, "I'm uh, I'm not coming in. Uh, Grandma's sick. Um, I got to go." And I was gone for four days, and I came back, and you know the fact that he wouldn't let me go see my dying grandmother pissed me off. Now I've heard of people using uh dying relatives as an excuse to get a day off, but I expected a little bit more sensitivity. And so I was mad and I, at that point I was like either I got a job when I get back or I don't. And so 4 days later I come back and I I just walked in, said, "Okay, I'm back." And I was welcomed in like old news i'm just like oh okay hi i was like shit that was easy and it was it it really really drilled on me that uh you know the guy wouldn't let me uh told me to use my day offs to uh days off to go visit my dying grandmother and when i told him i got to go now I mean, that was probably the shittiest thing that that manager did to me. And like I said, at that point, I didn't care if I had a job or not when I got back. And the asshole was even late with payroll all the time. I uh, He went through a payroll service. All he had to do was just give him the numbers, and then they 
did the checks for him, and then they uh, they took out the taxes. They did all that stuff for him. All he had to do was just call the numbers in. And there were times where payday would be there and checks wouldn't be. And we're like, where are our checks? And he, oh, I'm having trouble with the payroll company. They're saying that I did something wrong and all that bullshit. And it's going to take a couple more days. And I'm like, dude, we got bills to pay here. And it it was just flat out ridiculous. One bartender even went to the uh, extent he showed up for his shift and uh, well, I, I showed up for my shift and I noticed that all the doors were locked, all the signs were off. And I'm thinking it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Why is everything off? Uh, so I opened up the bar, unlocked the doors and all that stuff. And I talked to him uh, a little bit later and he goes, says, Hey, are, have our checks arrived yet? And I said, no, not yet. And he said, yeah, I, you might've noticed that I locked up the bar and I said, yeah, that's kind of weird. And he goes, well, truthfully, when checks weren't there, when they were supposed to be, I took a hundred dollars out of the till and then just shut up shop. I didn't see any point of being there. It was bullshit. And I said, you know what, dude, I don't blame you for half a second. And if the checks don't show up in the next hour, uh, I'm going to probably do the same thing. Well, the checks didn't show up and I didn't do the same thing. I, I finished my shift, but he was constantly, constantly late of handing out our paychecks. And that pissed me off also to no end. And so by this time, I was so fed up. Um, before I started working at the peddler, a friend of mine offered me or told me to consider a job working at the local newspaper in the mailroom. And I said, I kind of blew him off at the time because I really wanted to keep working as a bartender. And by this point, I was I wasn't having any luck doing getting uh, doing job interviews or getting interviews. Period from any other restaurants or bars and so i went up to him and i said so this job at the newspaper what's it like and so he he said he would event uh, he would put in a word for me eventually and as luck would have it shortly after that my friend barb at boston's pub and grill uh called me up and said we have an opening for a server possibly give you get you a couple shifts as a bartender and I said, I'll take it. She goes, well, you have to go through Brad first. You have to fill out an application. And I said, doesn't matter. Uh, I'll take it. And so I went to Boston's as soon as I could, filled out an application. I guess with Barb's recommendation, Brad was all for hiring me. So it didn't take long. And uh, I let the jobs kind of overlap I finished working at uh, at the peddler. I gave him my two weeks notice and then overlapped the job at the peddler in Boston's at the same time. And uh, that was also kind of rough because I was working an early shift at the peddler and working a late shift at Boston's. But I, you know, that, you know, a week of lack of sleep back at uh, back when I was in my twenties, didn't really matter much. Now that I'm in my forties, yeah, let, uh, let the secret out. I am in my forties. Uh, I don't think I can do that anymore. That's, uh, that's a little bit hard on me, but 
luckily Brad did hire me. I put in my two week notice at the peddler and when payday came around. Now, when you remember this kids, when you quit a job, you have to wait till next payday to get your final paycheck. If you get fired, they have to come up with your paycheck within 24 hours of your termination. Write that down. But when payday came around at the peddler, I wandered over there to get my paycheck. And uh, I said, hey, boss, where are the paychecks? And he says, oh, I'm having trouble with uh, the payroll company and they're not doing this. They're not doing that. Uh, you, you know how it is. And I, I sat back and thought, I want to smart off to this guy so bad. What the fuck? I'm quitting. I said, yeah, I do know how it is. All you have to do is call him, uh, call him up, give him my hours, and you can have my paycheck in your hand in 15 minutes. And he's, well, I'm having trouble getting it. I said, tell you what, you've got two hours. And uh, if I don't have my check in two hours, I'm going to start raising hell. And I walked out. Now, usually bosses, when you throw threats like that, they try to threaten you right back. But he didn't have anything to say to me. So uh, about 20 minutes later, I had my check in my hand and I left. I said goodbye to the crew that I'd been working with for the few months that I was there. But uh, I had a spring in my step when I finally got out of there. I had no idea how bad that place was bringing me down. And... The just the asshole manager. There were no customers. the at, The atmosphere in the bar was dank. Uh, no matter how much I cleaned it, and it was just a very, very ridiculous job. But sometimes you gotta work a shit job in order to find your way to something better or a good job. So, does that sound like after school specialty? or something like that. Uh, I don't know, but that's the only way I can think of to close out that conversation. Next up, we have my musical guest, Allison Pressinger, but we got to stop for a commercial. That's it. Uh, uh, it's nothing really special. It's a commercial for Hey Bartender Podcast.com. Just want to remind you guys, if you want to get your hands on any Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise, Head over to HeyBartenderPodcast.com and you can find my blog, you can find some drink recipes, and pick yourself up a t-shirt. Help support the show by buying yourself a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt today. Tonight's musical guest is from Seattle, Washington, playing her single Patience from Jade EP. This here is Allison Pressinger.
From her album Jade EP, that was Allison Pressinger with Patience. If you want to find out more about Allison Pressinger, you can visit her webpage www.allisonpressinger.com, or you can find her on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can find more of her music on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Bandcamp.com if you want to buy the album. It's uh, all really good music. She's got the heart and soul of like Joni Mitchell and the guitar skills of um, almost clapped it. I was really impressed. I met her when I was at the Seattle airport waiting for my flight to be delayed yet again. She's really cool and friendly. So uh, go check her out. Uh, out That's Allison Pressinger uh, on Facebook. Check out her website. Go buy her music. It's some good stuff out there, people. So anyway, people, it is last call, and that means the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Just remember out there, people, if you absolutely know you are completely miserable at your job, don't stop looking for work. Don't think you're stuck there for even a microsecond. There's always got to be something out there for you. And sure, you might have to change vocations, but if you change vocations, doesn't mean you still can't keep looking for uh, the, uh, the job that you truly love or uh, really want to do. So that's 
pretty much on everybody, you know, not just bartenders and servers, or cooks. Uh, that's even for executives. That's even for janitors. That's even for well, anything that you can put in, uh, put out there. I'm uh, all of a sudden out of analogies. But anyway, thank you for listening to the Hey Bartender podcast. If you want to uh, follow Hey Bartender podcast on Facebook, Instagram, it's Hey Bartender podcast. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Hey Bartender P O one. I also have a website, Hey Bartender, Hell, if you want to share a drink or you even want to be on the show, email me dude at Hey Bartender Remember to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast and, you know, get on iTunes. Give me a few stars. I could really use that. But until the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you all, guys, that you deserve it. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. so good I had to blow up.